The following episode of the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, includes advertising provided by our network, GCN. If you'd like to subscribe to an ad-free version of the program, plus the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, please visit www.theparacast.plus. That's P-L-U-S. Once again, that's www.theparacast.plus. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. On last week's episode of the Paracast, we were talking about the late Calvin Parker and about the graphic novelization of one of his books. We've learned of another loss in the paranormal field, that of David Perkins, a gentleman who's been studying cattle mutilations and other phenomena for many years, worked closely with our former co-host Chris O'Brien. So before we go on, I do want to mention that we are working on a roundtable discussion about the work of David Perkins. We'll have, of course, Chris is helping us arrange it. Obviously, our regular co-host Tim Swartz, Greg Bishop, We'll be back after an absence of uh, quite a few years, so we'll be happy to hear from him. Today, we're going to introduce Dr. Tim Brigham, whom I understand was born in Gulf Breeze, Florida, which was a location back in the late 80s of a number of UFO sightings. Our guest co-host, of course, is Kurt Collins. We have all, by the way, done some work with regard to Jim Mosley, I worked with him in the 60s. Tim, you did some work or were an associate of Jim's when he was doing Saucer Smear. And Kurt and I manage a site called JimMosley.com, which is a memorial of Jim's work over, what, almost half a century. But Tim, welcome to the Paracast. Anxious to talk to you. You were born in Gulf Breeze, Florida. Well, I grew up there actually. I was born in born in southern Alabama, but but moved over pretty quickly to to northwest Florida and grew up in Gulf Breeze uh, in the uh, the eighties and, and early nineties when all the UFO stuff was going on. So yeah, yeah, spent a lot of time there. Have you reached any conclusions about the infamous Mister Ed? Yeah, after seeing everything with Gulf Breeze, I was never really all that impressed with with Ed's photographs. I know there was a lot of controversy about the reality of those, but I, the more interesting thing to me was that a lot of people in the communities, you know, had their own sightings. So whether or not Ed was a legitimate witness, which has been pretty hotly debated over the years, a lot of people had their own encounters and, and filed their own reports about UFOs in the area. So it was a hotbed for UFO sightings all that time. Now, I interviewed Mr. Ed, as I said, but what troubled me about it is the story that they found a model of a UFO in the attic of one of his homes. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of strange right there, and that's one of the things that bothered me. On the other hand, no less a UFO expert is Dr. Bruce McAbee, a naval photographic expert, believed the photos from Mr. Ed were genuine. I wondered about that. 
Yeah, you know, there was, I, I recall it being a, a hugely debated thing at the time. I remember Bruce Maccabee coming down and on the side of the legitimacy of Ed's photos. I I think now, I think the maybe the common conception is that they probably were not legitimate, but I don't know. I'd leave it, uh, we could poll the uh, the three of us and see, but I'm, I'd say these days probably most folks don't really, I don't, I don't know. I, that seems to at least be my, my uh, experience over the years. I think uh, Ed's photos have kind of been perceived as probably illegitimate. But again, you know, there were a lot of people, hundreds of other people that had their own sightings of stuff in the area, though, which was really the, the interesting thing to me, even if you had somebody, whether or not their initial reports were true or false in the initial photos, how did you have all these other people that had their own reports of weird stuff in the area, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's always interesting when um, there's a hoaxer in the mix uh, and there's some genuine UFO sightings going going on. And so, you know, people tend to lump it all together. And, you know, so, you know, he's contaminated those cases where they'll never be taken seriously. Of course, they didn't have the same kind of photos and everything that he did. But I was going to ask you, so I, I saw that, that MUFON had a conference there in the area, and it looks like in addition to the the UFO sightings, there was a lot of, you know, ufology action. So can, can you say anything about what happened there? Yeah. You know, I recall in the, uh, in the late eighties, it was such a, a big, uh, a big case that, um, I remember Mr. Ed's photos being on NBC nightly news or ABC news as the top story on the 5 PM news. And, you know, there were people uh, started running UFO conferences in the area and, uh, went on for several years. That's actually how I started getting into the whole the whole thing. I started attending UFO conferences. That's where I met Jim Mosley. And uh, yeah, we kept we kept in touch for many years as uh, we'd uh, see each other at various conferences and visit each other, you know, throughout the years. But yeah, it was a, a big hotbed. And of course, you guys probably recall it was even uh, the Gulf Breeze 6, the, uh, the six intelligence officers who fled to Gulf Breeze, uh, I think that was probably maybe 92, 93, but there was some possible connection there to, to uh, UFOs. And I know eventually the story came that, that those guys uh, fled because a Ouija board told them something. about. But, yeah, there's a, there's a lot there. That's for sure. It's uh, Gulf Breeze is definitely intertwined with the history of uh, ufology, that's for sure. Personally, I had my doubts. I mean, I did talk to... Mr. Ed, Ed Walters, for maybe an hour or two. And he yeah. seemed sincere enough. And as I said, we had a magazine called Caveat M Tour where we ran an interview with Mr. Ed. And I remain on the fence. I put that case in my infamous gray basket. Yeah, yeah. And mostly because of Dr. Maccabee, who is someone that I know and has been on the Paracast, and also because other people saw something strange. So when you yeah. mix all that together, maybe there was something or maybe Mr. Red was just cashing in. It wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, you know, I, I do have some speculation that, that if I had to take a, a guess, I would I would probably guess that those initial photographs from, from, from Mr. Ed were, uh, were not legitimate. But uh, the fact that 
people did continue to see odd things. And a lot of times, as you guys already mentioned, the, the things that people reported after the fact were not the, didn't have much of a resemblance to what Ed had initially photographed, you know, that being a, a mysterious red light over the, uh, over the Gulf was, was uh, what hundreds of people eventually reported seeing. And I was with a crowd of folks that saw that once myself. Um, point being, I think maybe there was some, some military involvement and there's a lot of local military in that area. I would I wouldn't be surprised if some of that may have even just been uh, maybe some psychological operations that they were doing in response to the popularity of, of Ed's photographs. But I don't know. You know, that's all speculation. I wanted to say um, you mentioned the psychological aspect that reminds me. So Jim Mosley said that one thing that bothered him about Ed Walters was that most UFO witnesses, even the contactees who had very suspicious stories, most of them seem to have had some sort of personal transformation from their experience. And, you know, some of them maybe, you know, became more enlightened or, or, or on a quest. And he just didn't see that at all with Ed Walters. Did, did you meet uh, Walters himself or you, do you have any thoughts about the transformation of witnesses? Yeah, you know, that that's an interesting point. I did a couple of times by the time I, I got more fully enmeshed in uh, UFOs. Ed had already kind of taken a, taken a walk from the scene. You know, he had left uh, after he published his, what, his two books, and you know, he uh, kind of removed himself from things. So I, I met him a couple of times. It was interesting in and of itself that he was he was so heavily involved, and then he kind of stepped away. But, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with you on that in a in a way, most most people that I've interacted with that have UFO in some way in their life is it it becomes a like you say it can it can often at least become a transformative experience of some kind or another. You know, oftentimes people get opened up to uh, to new things, learning about the universe and changes in worldview. And uh, yeah, you're right. I don't I don't know that you could really say that that Mr. Ed demonstrated that. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it certainly is something to wonder about their, as you say, a transformation or just seeing a UFO and suddenly it seems to attract more phenomena, the so-called hitchhiker effect. In our next segment with Dr. Tim and Kurt Collins, and of course I'm Gene, we'll be asking about NASA releasing kind of a preliminary report on the beginnings of its probe into UAPs and where that goes. And by the way, what happened with that so-called whistleblower David Grush. More to come with Gene and Tim and Kurt. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, the Paracast dot plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out the Paracast dot plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. 
Donald Trump warned America. The U.S. dollar is under attack, and it's becoming less and less valuable by the day. Hyperinflation and speculation is killing your retirement. Don't leave your money sitting in cash. It's time you diversified and protected your future with physical precious metals. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000 and get your free digital dollar survival kit and learn how you could get up to $1,000 in free silver today. Call Advantage Gold now at 800-900-8000 to get your free digital dollar survival kit. And you may qualify for $1,000 in free silver. Advantage Gold is the number one rated gold and silver company in America. Your future is precious. Protect it today when you call Advantage Gold. Call 800-900-8000 now. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Check with your financial advisor before investing. That's 800-900-8000. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, If you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. It's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free, 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. Both my legs were amputated due to an IED. It's when you start to try to get back into, like, an everyday life. I absolutely felt like I lost some of my purpose. There must be something more. When DAV came into my life, they gave me a new mission. I could still be a productive member of society, could still support a family. The DAV gave him that sense of structure and purpose again to get his life back together. Visit DAV.org to learn more about our mission. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, Tim, Kurt, I sent you a link to the report from Debrief, an online publication on military and other stuff, about the NASA presentation about UAPs. Now, Kurt, I understand you actually saw the thing. More listened than saw, but, but yeah, I sure did. And it was interesting that the first question from the, uh, the press was James Fox. And he identified himself as being an independent news agent or something like that, rather than a ufologist. You know, he asked a, a 
fairly straightforward question. Of course, it, it, it did sort of favor the extraterrestrial side. And I think the, the, the second part of his question was like, you know, if you found out uh, that it was definitely alien, how would you go about telling the public? And, you know, NASA basically said that, well, yes, we would tell, but I, I don't remember the specifics of how they would. But they, they insist that they their goal is to be transparent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta say, you know, I'm um, I'm one of the those guys that I support uh, Bill Nelson. I support Sean Kirkpatrick. I, I think those guys have, I think they're open. I think they're curious and scientifically minded, and I think they they probably would do what they say. It might not. Uh, I hate to say that they might get some, uh, as they even mentioned, uh, some harassment sometimes from from pro UFO circles, even for maybe not falling on the side of. Um, what uh, UFO proponents might want to hear immediately, but I think those guys are probably being as open as they can about all that stuff. I think the most important thing from what I read, Kurt, and you know more about having listened to it, is that they want to improve the way UAP cases are reported, gathering data. And that's very important because over the years, it's been kind of haphazard. I mean, I was just rereading a book called The Close Encounters Man from Mark O'Connell. And this is a story of Dr. J. Allen Hynek. And it goes into very great detail of Dr. Hynek's participation in the early UFO field. And we see that except for a brief period of time, the Air Force organizations to investigate UFOs, particularly Project Grudge, really had very few personnel. They were just there to kind of behave as a public relations arm. It looked like Captain Ruppelt for a year or two tried to enhance their investigative capability. But what it shows to me is that we have something going on, but no public indication of a widespread program to figure out what it's about. What's your perception, guys? Mm. Yeah, you know, it's... um I think what it what what the the name actually of the take the arrow office the title of their office is what anomaly uh, anomaly resolution office and this kind of this idea that the more information we get the more almost that we can resolve these anomalies into something explainable you know right is, is almost the message that 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 conveys to me right that the more information we have there'll be th- more things that are explainable yes less less mysterious things in the skies that we don't know what they are as we continue to kind of resolve anomalies, right, quote, unquote, the, the idea that there's anything left that might be non-human intelligence, of course, is the, is, is, is this huge question. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I tend to fall on the side of believing those guys that are, you know, hey, maybe there's a bias there on my side because I, you know, I was trained in science myself. And I, I can appreciate that those guys are probably doing the best they can and, and uh, you know, trying to be open and transparent. But, was interesting though, Kurt, that they did not want to announce the name of the guy who's actually heading the office at NASA. And if you if you caught that, yeah, that was very strange. So you know, I I don't know if the guy needs to put up a fence around his property before his name is released. Uh, you know, but they did mention this harassment, which is interesting, and I think some of that is coming from the pro UFO crowd. Oh, before we get too far away from you know, Gene mentioned the reporting of things. So it just. An example most everyone will know here is, is from Close Encounters. There's a scene early in the movie with the with the airliner, and there's a UFO encounter, and the radar operators see it. And, and then at the end, they you know once once it's vanished, they say, "Do you want to report this?" And everyone says no, because they didn't want to deal with the headaches, the paperwork, and possibly the um, 
the uh, odd looks they might get from their uh, coworkers and maybe the damage it could do to their career. So I think, uh, you know, Dr. Hynek, you know, estimated that only one in 10 UFO cases are reported. So it's not only is it, you know, a problem to have the channels open where that can be reported, it's getting the witnesses to feel like they can report it without running a personal risk. You know, Tim, I think you probably are familiar with, you know, from the medical field that not every patient wants to open up and be honest about what's happened to them. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And and obviously there's a lot tied into that, including how how we treat those people when they do come forward to 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 talk about something right and yeah trying to trying to destigmatize is is a regardless of i think your your take on the issue is a is a good thing that to be able to allow people to talk about those things more openly you know that and the idea that that impacts everything from safety to you know if i've got a pilot and they see something up there they don't know what it is and they think they might run into it i certainly want them to feel able to <laughs> to report it to somebody right Well, if there's any value in the new site from the AARO, it is a place that eventually will allow people to report sightings, but their mission is strictly military installations. So when civilians see UFOs, that's no help. Yeah. Yeah. For the longest time, the the FAA, if you look on their site, they say report to, and, you know, sometimes the name of the the organization changes. At one time, it was Bigelow's organization or MUFON or New Fork. But, you know, they say go go to the civilian uh, groups. And, of course, not all of those actually investigate. Some of them just collect reports. So, you know, you're not guaranteed to get, get much help from it. And, and, you know, help in, in investigation are different things. You know, some people who have UFO experiences have um, emotional problems, sometimes, you know, actual trauma. So, so Tim, can, can you talk about the people that are, that are um, the most impacted? And, you know, where do they go and what should they do if they've seen something then no one believes them? Or, you know, what, what, what are their choices? Yeah, yeah. You know, my my advice to people is always to to find some if you're if you're trying to get mental health assistance, work with somebody who's who doesn't have a stake in UFOs either way, right? Who doesn't really have any kind of pre preconceived idea about it, but but is open minded, you know, to to, to one degree or another. Um, I think uh, a lot of folks that have a lot of investment in in uh, UFOs, right? We, we've all kind of had the experience of seeing the you know the, the folks that have their own perspective about what UFOs are, and somehow they, uh, the the folks they work with or deal with, end up kind of, kind of re regurgitating that story. So there's a lot to be said, I think, for being careful with with who you work with on those kinds of things, and working with a, you know, somebody who's not a, a UFO, not primarily a UFO investigator or UFO researcher, right? When we're talking about mental health stuff, but you know, bringing that up though, I, I think in my experience, it's um. You know, maybe there's an idea or kind of a trope now, the alien abduction kind of idea that they're uh, what the, the Roper poll back in the 90s kind of indicated. Maybe millions of people, you know, suffering with with alien abduction and that idea. But in my experience, it's just been as, as frequently a positive thing. Let's break here with Tim. Kurt, Gene, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. It's obvious we're being let down by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media are distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the real concerns of American families. Countries we're at odds with are hoarding food, financial systems are strained, and supply chains remain too fragile. We can tell something is coming, so we're preparing. Folks are getting into self-reliance and investing in emergency food storage. And My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, makes it easy for you to have peace of mind knowing you're prepared. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure some emergency food kits. There's a dozen to choose from that contain tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. And while you're there, stock up on water filtration, heirloom seeds, and emergency gear, too, at MyPatriotSupply.com. It's time to prepare today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. USA News Update. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton has been cleared of all charges and will retain his office. State senators deliberated on 16 articles of impeachment, ultimately acquitting him. This judgment will be filed with the Secretary of State and Attorney General Warren Kenneth Paxton Jr. is hereby at this moment, reinstate it to office. That's Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. On the second day of the UAW strike, discussions are underway between United Auto Workers and Ford and General Motors. Negotiations which paused on Friday have now resumed, with both GM and Ford expressing their commitment. Jason Carter, the grandson of former President Jimmy Carter and his wife Rosalind, shared that the couple is in the final phase of their lives. He mentioned that they are together at home, which he believes is an ideal situation for them at this stage. Earlier this year, the former president entered hospice care and Rosalind was diagnosed with dementia. John Schaefer, USA News. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. These are the sounds of someone taking their eyes off the road. Texting while driving is more than distracting. It's dangerous. Do yourself a favor. Do us all a favor. When you're on the road, 
Stay off the phone. A message from CTIA. Hi, my name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. Now, speaking of impacts here, we have, of course, the so-called UFO whistleblower, David Grush. As a military background, I think he served in Afghanistan, correct me if I'm wrong. But there was this revelation about him a month or two back that he had suffered from PTSD. Didn't keep him from getting a government job, and it shouldn't. But, Tim, I gather you have experience with such things. Have you had a chance to see any of the interviews with Grush? What's your perception? Yeah, I have. I have. I've uh, I've seen a couple of them. Well, first, you know, I, I don't think it's cool to ever, you know, use somebody's diagnosis of PTSD and especially somebody who's a, a veteran and has served the country to, to kind of to try to discredit them. But people do bring that up as a criticism of Grush. I've already heard. Of course, my, my only thought there would be if you look at the timing of, of when he's kind of talked about his recovery and, and so forth there, there does seem to be a vague at least maybe a little bit of a tie in as to when he maybe started getting some interest in this right so more than uh, using that to criticize him i would ask is this has when when did this this ufo interest originate right is it maybe in a way almost did it tie into any kind of existential shift that he had right was there something in his in his own life that, that this tied into for him personally yeah, I've seen some of the some of the some of the interviews with Grush. I did notice this morning that at the NASA press conference, Bill Nelson was was kind of dismissive of that. And if, I don't know if you guys, Kurt, you said you saw the the comments this morning, but yeah, I mean, it comes down for me. It's uh, interesting stuff. We stuff we heard for years or, or decades about retrieved UFO crashes and, and all that kind of stuff. But you know, it'd be interesting to see if there's ever any any uh, verification or any any supportive evidence of these claims. But I guess we'll, we'll see where that goes. My own take is 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 that uh, you know, trying to trying to come to an answer about your your own UFO encounter is is your 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 thing, and I'm there to support a person as they you know if that's something that that's a an issue in their life how they come down on that right. It's not it's not my decision or my it's not my story right. So I think a, the job of a good therapist or a good clinician is to support a person as they kind of process that on their own without without having an agenda, even maybe an unconscious agenda, which I think a lot of UFO proponents have, right? That things should be a certain way and so forth. Oh, I wanted to ask you, I think it was you that sent me the link to the the body language analysis of Grush. Was that one that you saw? Yeah, yeah. The the behavior panel guys did a, a review of his uh, his interview. Yeah. One thing that they pointed out a couple of times, and it was really long uh, session because they ran some things two or three times. They pointed out that uh, David Fravor and Ryan Graves, you know, appeared confident. I think they referred to him as alphas and that they they felt like uh, Grush was strutting, that he had something to prove. And he had his papers spread out, and, you know, all over and was trying to trying to look important. They felt like that he was having to strut. They said alphas don't have to strut. The alphas don't talk the talk; they just walk the walk, right? Okay, yeah. So, what? What was your? Did you? Did you have opinions on that? And you know, what, did you agree with them? Yeah, there was a lot there, you know. And 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 I I did go. I watched the the thing you're talking about. I know we we both saw it. There was a. There's always a lot. Those guys. Uh, I also noticed they mentioned uh, they got the uh, the idea, the the impression that this may be a kind of a managed operation on somebody's part, whether that be a. Uh, 
somebody who just uh, has their own personal motivations or maybe government or military or operational component. I, um, yeah, as, as you saw, Kurt, they, they got the impression there was something maybe a little smell, something to the to the smell test on, you know, the motivations on some of this. But I could see that comment. Uh, my, my thought would be that maybe as Grush as the guy who didn't really have his own personal firsthand stuff to talk about, he might have had a little more um, pressure to feel that he was able to stand there next to two guys that are at least one, right, that, that had said they'd seen their own, had their own sighting. Yeah, I don't know if that might be a part of it. But, yeah, yeah, I could see that, that Grush, yeah. Maybe had felt he had a little more something to prove there than than, uh, than for example, the Fravor. Let me ask you a question that occurs to me, which of course may be outlandish, but what the heck? This is the power cast. We tried to explore all sides. Tim, is there any perception on your part that maybe we're looking at Grush the wrong way? Maybe he is an experiencer, but wants to put it in the mouths of other people because he's afraid to admit what happened to him. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting take in and of itself, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know. My uh, having having been observing UFOs for gosh, now going on three decades, and you know, oftentimes as we all know, the similar kind of stories pop up and promises of proof or disclosure pop up, and not much seems to pan out. I, I don't know, I, but I could see maybe Grush having had his being a you know having had his own his own personal experience and and. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, um, mm, mm, yeah, yeah. As I said, maybe he doesn't want to admit that because he figures if he says that he had those experiences, he'd be disbelieved or would it affect his job position. But if he heard from somebody else, you know, it's not uncommon for people who have traumatic experiences to claim it's really the other guy. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's it's a way of getting that information out there, but not having to necessarily face the, the the stigma of it himself, right? Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you know the other can the other thought, the other concern is how much how much has has Brush actually even seen firsthand versus what he's been told, you know, and what he's what people have have uh, have, have told him, right? But. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it, I could definitely see that he 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 does strike me as a person who may who may have had his own personal experiences. I could I could definitely see that being the case, right? Because again, there does often there's oftentimes that kind of uh, awakening or, or transformative you know aspect. People not always, but often, right? Their UFO story becomes kind of a, a critical thing in their life. It becomes their UFO. You sometimes hear people refer to it as my, you know, my UFO, as if it's a, you know, they they have personal ownership of the the UFO or at least the story, right? You know, their story is a uh, is a uh, you know of, of crucial importance to them. So, really? his various interviews, and maybe you or yeah. Kurt can answer that. Has anyone asked Rush? Have you had any strange encounters? There's a recent interview I haven't seen with just a few clips from, uh, and that might be the only place where he's he's gone into that. I'll, I'll have to check. None yeah, that I know of. a long form interview recently, right? I haven't seen all of that, but yeah, that, that might be. Well, no, well, no, uh, well, I won't say no one, but very few people have accused Grush of lying. I think where the main criticism comes. Is is so much of the story is secondhand, but you know he's certainly gotten people talking about the possibility of such things. But we also want to know who is telling him 
these things and why. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that yeah. would imply the possibility he's a put-up job to divert attention from something else or as some kind of balancing act. Well, we have the serious investigation from the Pentagon, from NASA, but then you've got this wacky guy, and that's where it's going to end up. Yeah, yeah. Well, his claims are so extreme because not only is it about the materials, it's about the cover-up, and the cover-up being so extreme that people have apparently been murdered to keep the secrets. So, you know, this is, this causes a lot of problems because, you know, I want to know, it's like, do we have a murder squad for the, the whole United States government or does each one have their own department, you know, with the wet works? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it resonates with, with stories or, or anecdotes or whatever you want to say about what we heard for, for decades about UFO that going back to, you know, what was the original where the, the plane crash carrying, possibly carrying some, oh gosh, I'm blanking now on the Maury Island. Yeah. Maury Island. Right. That people have died quote unquote surrounding. And of course, you know, died there's, you know, I think behavior panel guys went into this a little bit. How do you, you know, died, how died directly, indirectly. Right. You know, what, what's the, what's the died and in, in, in what capacity and, uh, or, you know, and, and how were they killed and to cover this up or what is the, but, you know, we've all kind of over the years, there are those stories. And, you know, of course, even the stories about mysterious deaths of UFO researchers and, but those have been stories and things that have been around for a long time without really any, anything verifying, verifying that. Hey, let's verify this with Tim, Kurt and Jean. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. If you love mysteries, you'll love these two books by Tim R. Swartz and Sean Castile. In Mimics, The Others Among Us, you'll learn about the strange beings that can look like us, but are not. In Alien Artifacts, Incredible Evidence of Exotic Material from UFO Encounters, you'll see the hard evidence of UFOs that has been ignored or even hidden. These books will definitely blow your mind, and both are now available on Amazon.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. G'day, I'm Jamel that works with Dr. Joel Wallach and the GCN team with Longevity at TeamG'day.com. By becoming an associate, you provide income for you and your family on your own hours while working from home. So contact me, Jamel, by filling in the contact box at TeamG'day.com and I will get back to you personally and provide all the support you need to get started and build your longevity business. TeamG'day.com. TeamG'day.com. 
Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who help people that have been injured or wronged. If you've been involved in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident or injured at work, you have rights and you may be entitled to money for your suffering. Don't accept an offer you get from an insurance company until you talk to a lawyer. And we represent some of the best personal injury lawyers you can find. Tough lawyers that will fight to win your case. And they're so good they stake their reputation on it by only getting paid if you win. So if you've been in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident, or hurt on the job, find out today for free what kind of compensation you may be entitled to. Call the legal helpline right now. 800-524-3810-800-524-3810-800-524-3810. That's 800-524-3810. Extend your life with Extend Everyone around me seems to get sick but me. My brother got the flu twice. My mother was down with some sort of fever. People at work were taking sick days off and others were just plain tired and run down. And me? Well, I just keep feeling great all the time with Extendivite. My grandfather used to talk about the power of garlic and other herbs he took that kept him healthy. I'm lucky. Extendivite was just what I needed to keep me healthy. And Extendivite is all natural. Extendivite was designed for the heart but does so much more by keeping me healthy all the time. I'll take Extendivite forever. Get your two-month supply for only $69.95 plus shipping and handling. My name is Rick and you can be like me. Just by calling 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. This is James Fox, director of The Phenomenon and Moment of Contact. You're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Of course, you're thinking of Dr. McDonald there. You're thinking maybe of M.K. Jessup, although he supposedly killed himself. Yeah. So that's another example. Now, I remember when you think of M.K. Jessup, we have, of course, the case for the UFO. We have the annotated version, which spread the Philadelphia experiment. And then I remember what the late Ivan T. Sanderson, a zoologist and paranormal investigator, said back in the 60s. He claimed to be a friend of Jessup's, and his perception was that Jessup must have been offed for what he knew because he didn't think he's the kind of guy who would just kill himself. I didn't know that was so Sanderson had that opinion. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, I heard him say it more than a few times on the Long John Neville radio show. Okay, interesting. (laughs) I wish there was a recording of that, but a lot of that stuff has vanished. 
yeah, in sadly. history. It's kind of like the old issues of Jim Mosley's Saucer News and Saucer Smear. Oh, I've got good news about that. I've got good news about that. Sorry to interrupt, Gene, but... But please. Uh, Frank Scully's uh, papers have been digitized by the university, and I can't think of the name offhand. They have uh, Nexus and Saucer News going from the start up to, I think, 1965, which is you know close to the original run. And the Isaac Coy at the AFU has taken this and digitized where it, not only is it readable, but it's text searchable. So we are very lucky. Uh, we don't have the entire run. It goes a little further than that, but we have almost all of it. Who would have thought Frank Scully would have been the one we could thank for having that available? You know, what's interesting here is when you get to 65 and 64, those are issues I worked on with Jim. Oh, wild, wild. Seems like yesterday, right, Gene? Oh, please. I remember (laughs) I worked at 303 Fifth Avenue. This was after school. I'd go over to Jim's office and work with him for the afternoon through the evening. There was a diner right across the street. Don't know if it's still there. This is what? 60 years ago and the diner would be a place we'd have dinner Jim would have whatever he had I'd have their meatloaf and mashed potatoes every single day wasn't the greatest diet on the planet but I still like meatloaf (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah we've all had our our stories our our times with Jim Mosley that's definitely funny yeah yeah well it's good to have all that stuff available it'd be nice to get the last group of issues up and also saucer smears. Right now, there's something called the Wayback Machine, which, as people know, is the Internet Archive. And they have a lot of smears on there, but most of them point to a link to buy a copy. But mm-hmm. the guy who was selling the copies no longer has them available online. Uh, yeah. yeah, I feel confident that the material will become more widely available soon. But uh, in the meantime, really glad what is available. And for people who don't, uh, who, who've never read the old issues, the value in it wasn't only just like covering the current news, but it was what's especially valuable today is how he documented the personalities, the conflicts, and behind the scenes things of going on. And, and I know uh, Gene could give some particulars on some of those people and the conflicts. Like Richard Hall, for example. I think you've talked about him before. Oh, Richard Hall was an interesting case. He was like the office manager at Major Kehoe's NICAP in Washington, D.C., 1536 Connecticut Avenue off DuPont Circle. That's not far distant, by the way, from the location in the movie The Day the Earth Stood Still, where Klaatu is shot <laughs> and killed and then he's brought back to life. Whatever. I don't think they located it there for that reason. It was his cheap office suite, and Kehoe didn't have a lot of money to spend. Kehoe was an absentee director. Everyone mm. thought, well, he'd come into the office and he'd be doing all this work. Richard Hall did the work. Mm. When they had this publication, the UFO Evidence, which was a compendium of sightings, Hall was the one who did it. Kehoe wrote his books and everything, but Kehoe was really a miserable office manager. We don't want to get into that because eventually NICAP fired him. But anyway, I remember this time, it must be 1965 or thereabouts, where several of us went to Washington. We met with Kehoe in Luray, Virginia. People with me were 
Rick Hilberg, Alan Greenfield, and a friend of mine from Brooklyn, New York, Marty Salkind, who later became a bagel baker. He, had, <laughs> he was a member of the Bagel Bakers Union. It sounds like a tongue twister. Bagel Bakers Union in New York. Don't know if it still exists, but it was a kind of union where the father gets the son and then the grandson participating. Anyway, we had a pleasant meeting with Keogh at a diner near his home. The next day we go to NICAP's headquarters. Richard Hall looks at me, knowing I was working with Jim Mosley at the time, and says, you're not welcome here, with pointing finger. <laughs> so rather than press the issue saying, how dare you, I'm a paid member of NICAP, we left. <laughs> but then we called Ray Palmer, who was editor of Flying Saucers, and a source with its Saucer Club news section of how many of us became friendly. I met some of my best friends over the years through that section. So we called Palmer, told him what happened, and he ran an article in Flying Saucers magazine called No Investigations Can Actually Proceed, of course, stands for NICAP. <laughs> oh, what a story. Richard Hall, by the way, we met up about 10 years later at a UFO conference in Arkansas, Fort Smith, I believe. We looked at each other, shook hands, and let bygones be bygones. Nice, nice. Yeah, you know, Jim Mosley got a he, he'd get some heat from uh, from people in the UFO community. I remember honestly the first time I think I had any interaction with Jim, we were at a the Gulf Breeze UFO conference, and I, I sat down next to him, not knowing who he was at the time. And Linda Cortiel, Linda Napolitano, was sitting across from him, and. She started uh, <laughs> kind of berating Jim, saying uh, he said he had published her real name in uh, Saucer Smear magazine, and she got really upset, and she she told me, never trust Jim Mosley, <laughs> and I think that was how I met Jim Mosley, actually, uh, 30 years ago now. Well, but Jim yeah, you and Bud always... Hopkins were enemies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. And maybe that was part of it because, of course, Linda, her case was investigated by Bud Hopkins and part of a book, but... Yeah. Jim would tell me that Bud Hopkins would look at Jim and the middle finger went up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, he, I think he tried to take a photo of uh, Bud uh, at, uh, at the, the Gulf Breeze conference that year, and then Bud just raised his middle finger up as he posed for the, <laughs> for the snapshot. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's almost funny that it, it, UFOs are almost like a, a kind of a strange extended family. People fight, right? But in, in the end, they're all still on some level. <laughs> they're still in the family in a weird way, right? What was interesting here about Jim is he had this monthly meeting in New York at various hotels, whichever were cheap enough and were not disreputable enough to look <laughs> offensive to people. And yet maybe anywhere from 50 to 200 people there. And I helped him out. And he'd have not just serious people from the UFO field, but wild and wacky people like Alexander McNeil, a seven-foot contactee, Dr. Frank Stranges, who was a pretty decent guy, even yeah. though his claims about the stranger, the Pentagon, were suspect. In fact, I remember when Dr. Stranges came over and he had broken his leg, so he was, he was on crutches. As I said, perfectly decent gentleman, even if his story was wacky. Albert K. Bender lectured before Jim. This is when he came out with the claim that the three men in black were really entities from the planet Kayak. <laughs> Those were the days. Yeah. You know, then that, that kind of points at something there with, with 
I think Jim was in a way almost on to something, right? There's this idea that we want to keep UFO serious. You know, we don't want to, we don't want to make a mockery of, but where do you draw the line and who decides who's too, you know, far out and who's not? Do you want to tell a contactee with a Venusian that they're not welcome at a, at a, a UFO conference? Or in a sense, I think that was, that was a cool thing. The gym would leave it open, right? He would tell people if he didn't believe their story, but he never made it personal in that, that way. I thought that was always kind of, he was open to talking to people, whether or not he necessarily believed what they were saying, right? But yeah, now there's this, this this kind of movement to try to make UFOs respectable, right? And I don't know, UFOs to me always have kind of lived on the margins, right? And when you turn your attention there, they kind of dissipate in a way. I don't know if we can have, have really a respectable flying saucer uh, scene, so to speak. Yeah, I don't know. There's a wide range of people interested and involved, that's for certain. The thing well, about Jim a- also is in Saucer News and before that Nexus, he would be very serious about investigations and expose the fakers like he exposed George Adamski in one of the best exposés of his cases. But, and we'll get to the but in a moment, we have Tim, Gene, Kurt, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Here's the but. But 
Jim and his good friend Gray Barker were not above, number one, having fake fuse with each other, laughing over multiple six-packs of beer when they got together or whatever Jim was drinking at the time, or perpetrating hoaxes. So Jim worked on two levels, very serious investigator, very dedicated, kind of unearthed the frauds, very straight ahead, then perpetrated frauds and poked fun at it. And when I asked him about it, he said, well, this way we keep up the interest. When there aren't a lot of sightings, let's make up one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, people often uh, speak of Jim as, as having no real belief, if you want to call it that, in UFOs or being a, a debunker or whatever. But Jim was open-minded. He, he uh, you know, he was definitely interested in the phenomenon. He, he certainly did have fun with it, which I remember it was always the one of the key things he, you know, he taught me about it was it's a kind of view it as a process thing, right? We're not, in my opinion, we're never going to get confirmation of many of these things. It's the, the hunt for it, the, the search for it, the process of, you know, having the experience and meeting people and learning new things. And, you know, whether or not we ever actually get confirmation of some of these things, I'm, I'm skeptical that we will, but it's a process. It should be something we have fun and, and learn about each other and learn about ourselves. And so I was trying to, to find someone that Jim was looking for once, he said, you know, tell him that I'm a Fordian researcher, you know, <laughs> instead of a ufologist, you know, he was uh, interested in the phenomena that Charles Fort, which is much broader, you know, didn't really include the supernatural so much, but it was about a, a wide spectrum of things, not just saucers, like a lot of people strictly focus on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the, the boundary of what UFOs or saucers include, right? I mean, as Gene mentioned, there's Sometimes there's these poltergeist phenomena that, that get that accompany these stories, right? And oftentimes there's precognitive stuff that people report, and oftentimes it's not, you know, there's there, it's not just as simple as a sighting of of something that, you know, it's a one. You know, there's oftentimes a lot more to it, which is really fascinating, right? Well, you have a lecture you deliver called "UFOs as Agents of Psychic Transformation." Is it strictly yeah. about people who see a UFO? and their lives change you know that's my interest was in, in primarily how people's lives do oftentimes shift after having some kind of encounter right oftentimes people perceive that as a, as a positive thing by the way but sure even just the involvement of you know finding out about the phenomenon and, and getting involved in it i've heard many people say considered it as something that kind of opened their mind up right and kind of changed their perspective on on uh, you know the world, the universe, how things work, but yeah, you know, primarily my interest in in that transformative aspect is is and again, you know, even though I primarily work in in trauma recovery, I'd, I'd have to say, at least as often as as a, a UFO story might have some some negative parts to it, people oftentimes view their their UFO experience in a positive way, right? as something they draw some strength from, and that that was interesting part of their life story, right, and that they. Yeah, uh, you know, have some some meaning attached to. Yeah, it's. Um, I think the, there's always a kind of a push to to move towards the idea of UFOs as a as, as a threat, right? The, the threat narrative kind of thing. But but people just as often, you know, find positive impact from from these kind of things. At least in my experience, dealing with people. When you say open your mind, I think of the scene from the movie Total Recall with Schwarzenegger, where he meets up with. Quato, this mutant, this yeah. all-powerful mutant, and he says, open your mind. You're going to say something, Kurt. I was wondering if, if uh, 
Tim could discuss maybe a couple of uh, figures in particular that, you know, examples of, of ones who, you know, took a took a turn in their lives after an experience. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, I, I think of a, a, without, uh, you know, getting too far into details, obviously, from from folks that, that to whatever degree you know, want to publicize or not their experiences, but just keeping a kind of surface level on, on in regards to detail, you know, I've had folks that have uh, that I've talked to that have that have kind of just been going about their daily lives and encountered something. You know, I'm, I can think of a couple instances where it was you know, they had encountered some kind of entity right on the side of the road, and just I remember one guy I spoke to was riding his bicycle and came across something standing on the side of the road that he wasn't he couldn't identify, and it was a description of a humanoid, right? And I, I can't recall that he actually saw an object on that case. I think he was, it was a case where he just had seen some kind of entity, but yeah, you know, in, in that case, it was one of those where I recall uh, almost verbatim. He said he, he thought about it almost every day since it happened, right. And become fascinated with astronomy and questions about philosophy and, and all those kinds of things. I know there's uh, oftentimes a more conscientiousness about the environment. That's a big one that's been obviously since since the 50s and 60s that UFO contactees have kind of increased environmental awareness, right? Stuff like that. So those are kind of common themes that, I, that I've, you know, run across, right? That people have this experience. And oftentimes it's not just a one-time thing, but sometimes it is. But often it's a, becomes a, a part of their life, right? Intertwined with their, their life story. I was thinking of a, of a couple of people. One was uh, uh, Captain Bill Nash from the Nash Wartenberry sighting in the, in the 50s. Mm. He really um, went on to become sort of a UFO crusader. He was really big about getting the message out, you know, sort of joined uh, Donald Kehoe's cause about, you know, trying to get the government to tell more and things like that. And then, of course, you know, we met, uh, Gene mentioned uh, Calvin Parker, who passed recently. He kind of became more reclusive, but um, uh, Charles Hickson, uh, he he's one of those ones that kind of opened up to the universe like you were talking about. And he felt like and he sort of became an ambassador for what might be in contacting aliens and th things like that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so so going back to. Um, so so once you UFOs got their hooks into you. You, um, I know you went on to publish a, a fanzine at one time. What, what was sort, sort of your path into ufology after, after you got started? Yeah, I think uh, let's see. When I was, I started attending UFO conferences. I was probably fourteen or fifteen, and that's when I had met uh, met Jim Mosley. And, and I think shortly before that, actually, I'd started publishing my own fanzine about about UFOs. You know, self published zines were huge back in the early 90s and i got in on that and at the time my uh, publication was called the devil's advocate because i attempted to question the prevailing narrative that was often being put forth about ufos so yeah you know i did that and it was a fun time for a few years right and that was kind of my my parlay into into ufos it, eventually that's what got my my interest in you know human psychology to to grow when I went on and got educated in psychology at University of Georgia and, you know, all that kind of stuff that was very much been a part of my life as, it, you know, as, as it has for many, many people right in a way. Was I, there a triggering event of any kind that started your interest in UFOs? Well, initially, I, I actually grew up across Pensacola Bay from from Ed's house. So 
I would see on the news his newest photo, but then I'd walk outside and look across the bay and see his house. And I always looked to see if I ever saw the UFO, <laughs> but I never, I never saw the UFO. At least not, not initially. I did uh, not too long after. A couple of years later, I was with a crowd of people uh, at Shoreline Park in Gulf Breeze. There were still dozens, sometimes hundreds of people that would go down there and and wait and look for UFOs. And I was with them once when they had a pretty brief sighting of something uh the the gulf breeze red light they they call it sometimes they call it bubba uh, i don't know how i got that name but so bubba showed up on one occasion i did see i had a sighting in that case it only lasted maybe four or five seconds but there was a crowd of people there and i remember the excitement that that people uh you know people were really just the impact that, that this brief little moment had on everybody and that was probably one of the things that locked me in on it right but you weren't well, you know, followed they, around by strange phenomena or poltergeists or anything, right? No, no. I've, I've, you know, I've never really had too many of my own. Uh, I'd say maybe really any any personal experience that I find completely mystifying. Even my sighting of the, the Gulf Breeze UFO, I didn't really find to be too overly compelling. It was a it was a red light that flashed on. To me, it looked almost like a, I don't want some kind of maybe a pyrotechnic or something. The thing I saw, at least, it kind of burned out after a couple of seconds. We have yeah. Dr. Tim Brigham. We have Kurt Collins, Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about after the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. 
While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Prediabetes Awareness Partners. It's obvious the unthinkable is going to happen soon. With all the distractions in the media, we probably won't see it coming. Your gut tells you there's something very wrong going on, and all the evidence suggests that there is. Those in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. American families are preparing. Folks are getting into self-reliance and investing in emergency food storage. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, is the place you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save 25%, plus get free shipping on all their three-month emergency food kits. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Order by 3 p.m., and your items ship the same day. It's time to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com G'day, I'm Jamel that works with Dr. Joel Wallach and the GCN team with Longevity at TeamG'day.com. By becoming an associate, you provide income for you and your family on your own hours while working from home. So contact me, Jamel, by filling in the contact box at TeamG'day.com and I will get back to you personally and provide all the support you need to get started and build your Longevity business. TeamG'day.com TeamG'day.com We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. You know, we've all had our little stories by UFOs. Mine was reading a book at my late brother's house called Flying Saucers from Outer Space by Major Donald Kehoe. I read the book and I was hooked. That changed my life. Now, I can't say there was anything about the book that was special, except, of course, it was very popular, sold many more copies than any UFO book sells these days. So who knows? That's a sad thing that there are a lot of people interested, but they're not doing much work to to find out about it. And, you know, part of it is because things are so cheaply, and I don't mean that in the good sense, available like YouTube videos. And there's a lot of low quality information uh, out there. Uh, and, you know, including your ancient aliens, TV shows, things like that. Well, well Tim, do you think the the constant exposure of UFOs and the paranormal in the media, you know, what, what do you think that uh, effect that has on the average person? Yeah, good question. You know, it's a uh... Like you say, the information that, that gets kind of floats up there does oftentimes seem to be pretty poor. There's a lot of a lot of new interest in UFOs, or I guess now the you know UAP, which I hate, but you know a lot of new folks come in. There's a flood of new people, and they get really excited. And oftentimes they they have the idea that hey, we're gonna we're gonna have this figured out pretty quickly. And sometimes uh, those hopes are dashed. <laughs> so all, they've always been dashed, I guess. If if you know if you if you expect to ever really find an answer to this in any time in, in the near future, I don't I don't think that's probably gonna be the case. But there's not a lot of appreciation for the history of the topic. And, you know, there's plenty of history there. A lot of the stuff that gets floated is just a re, 
regurgitation of stuff that we'd heard decades ago, you know, similar stories, similar themes, right? But uh, oftentimes when you, when folks have gone to the trouble to kind of nail down those details and really look deeply, the, I don't know, maybe the attention span of, of most people that just have a general interest in UFOs, they, maybe they just don't don't care to dig that deep, right? But yeah, I think you're right. It's unfortunate that there's kind of this, and maybe that's part of what the, the movement currently is and and you know government slash military is to try to again maybe resolve some anomalies if you want to go back to that, that idea the more information the more good information we can get out there and destigmatize the idea if you see something unusual you know and talk about it and we can figure out what it is it, it you know doesn't necessarily mean that if if your pilot reports uh something while he's flying your plane that he's, you know, suddenly talking about Venusians or anything, right? That, you know, there could be this this kind of, we can have some gray area, right? We can have things that we we don't know quite what they are, but we don't have to go to the extreme of, of something that's not proven yet, you know, at least ideally maybe, and someday we'll get there. So I know you belong to at least one organization and maybe you're associated with the informal group. Can you tell us about any of the, the, the colleagues that you have uh, in the UFO world? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, probably the most most uh, most active I've been in the past few years in that sense, at least I've done a little bit of a little bit of work with uh, Robert Powell and the guys over at the SCU Scientific Coalition for for UFO studies. Um, haven't really been doing much with them in the past couple of years. I've kind of kind of stepped back and with all the, the new interest, kind of tried to see what happens and let people go through their motions. But yeah, you know, back in 2021, as the stuff was kind of still, I guess, ramping up in a way, right? We, at, at SCU, um, I had initiated, we, we sent out a letter to many of the many of the Senate and, and uh, representatives involved in, in the topic at the time that, you know, guys like Warner and Rubio and, you know, that at that time, the usual suspects. But anyway, we uh, we got assistance from Chris Mellon and uh, we drafted up a letter that we sent out to the Senate uh, Committee for Intelligence, along with, again, Warner, Rubio, several of those guys, and just offered support from SCU and actually had had asked in the same letter if we could get some assistance with maybe getting declassification or release of some more of the uh, the gimbal footage that had been widely talked about, maybe if there was any additional data or additional video there that they could assist with getting that released so we could kind of do a better analysis. Um, we ended up having like 32 uh, SCU members sign on, a majority of them were PhDs or master's level people. You know, we had myself, Mike Swords, and Chris Mellon, and Eric Davis, and all these. We all signed on and sent it to a, a dozen different Congress people. The the strange thing to me was we never got even a uh, not even a thank you letter in response. Not even an automated thank you letter. Every time I've ever contacted a government official for anything else, I've always at least gotten a, a form letter in response. And this time we got literally nothing. And we from from you know any of a dozen people that we'd expect to <laughs> to, to respond in some way. So. I don't know. I don't know. You know, of course, now there's new people involved. You've got Senator, uh, uh, what, Congressman Burchett and, and Luna, right? Some new folks in. But yeah, um, we've, uh, you know, we've, SCU has just tried to, to get them to release some more data to, to, to allow analysis. But yeah, it's uh, where they're going to go with this. I guess we'll see, right? You know, here's yeah, kind of a funny political aside. Okay, we, of course, have Robert Bigelow, who was the recipient of a lot of that $22 million for the early Pentagon UFO or UAP project for his National Institute of Discovery Sciences or NIDS. Today, Bigelow is a key donor 
to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who is running for president. Yeah, yeah. Which is strange in itself because I thought he was close with Senator Harry Reid. So we're talking about a liberal Democrat, now a conservative Republican. But more to the point than if somebody thought about it, they could ask DeSantis, hey, what do you think about UFOs? Because you're taking money from this guy. Yeah, yeah. That, that is a good end for that question because of that connection. That, that is very interesting. You know, is it is the fact that Bigelow is, you know, picking people he likes or people whose interests that, you know, can uh, or influence can advance his interest? Sure would yeah. be. It would be interesting to hear from him. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw something fairly recently with him, uh, an interview he'd done with uh, Jeffrey Mishlove on um, Thinking Aloud, I think is his, his podcast. He's been doing that for years. But I saw Bigelow on there talking about supporting, yeah, DeSantis and, and those guys. And his a lot of discussion about his uh, interest in life after death. And, you know, he's he's got a lot of interest in those kind of liminal, what do you, border, border, liminal, you know, areas. Mm-hmm. Are you? So, very, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. He did also make mention. I don't know if you heard, Kurt. He uh, he was asked about the uh, about physical evidence that at some point had been mentioned that Bigelow Aerospace had access to, and uh, he was asked a f- clarifying question about that. And somebody, anyway, his response was that the the data, the the uh, samples they had, had, had were something. Uh, what was it? Uh, unusual things that were retrieved from human bodies. Um, I, I got the impression he might have been talking about implant stuff from even Dr. Roger Lear, maybe. Oh boy. Yeah, that was the way he phrased it was some mysterious artifacts from human from from from. Yeah, but uh, didn't mention anything about kind of crashed, you know, material stuff. He didn't acknowledge anything about having anything like that. So, but, you know, again, it's always those ongoing stories about mystery metal memory metals and, you know, stuff retrieved from from UFO crashes that never seem to be able to really find any conclusive evidence of anything really anomalous about but. Well, it's a matter also of getting memories from people who saw or heard something 60 years earlier, and they're trying yeah. to get it accurately, which could be a problem. We have Tim, Jean, and Kurt in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. USA.
USA News Update. The House Appropriations Committee is focusing on border security in the DHS Appropriations Bill. The spending measure emphasizes restarting border wall construction to address the southern border crisis. The bill allocating over $2 billion for wall construction. On the second day of the UAW strike, discussions back underway between the United Auto Workers and Ford and GM, striking union members advocating for improved pay and pension. We need more money. I mean, we've we've gone years without a raise. You know, we want our fair share. Negotiations, which paused on Friday, have now resumed with both GM and Ford expressing their commitment. Today marks Mexico's Independence Day, commemorating the cry of independence on September 16, 1810, a call for freedom from Spanish rule. The cry culminating in Viva Mexico. John Schaefer, USA News. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big, bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. That's 800-507-3137. Former CIA officer and survival expert Jason Hansen here. I teach people how to prepare for the unexpected. Right now, most Americans are not ready for the death of the U.S. dollar. You have money sitting in cash, and if you don't act soon, your financial future could be at risk. I have partnered with Advantage Gold, the number one rated precious metals company in America, to release my new digital dollar survival kit that's 100% free for everyone who calls today and claims your free survival kit. Simply call 800-900-8000 and give your email address, and I will have this new digital dollar survival kit sent to you immediately. Call 1-800-900-8000 now and claim your free kit, and also mention my name, Jason Hansen, and see how you could also qualify for $1,000 in free silver. Supplies are limited, so call right now before it's too late. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Check with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. This is Jennifer Stein, executive producer of The Disclosure Dialogues. You're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. You know, just briefly, this is more conspiratorial. When we bring up what people remember decades ago, like in Roswell and all the contradictory stories, We think of the Kennedy assassination, and now one of the Secret Service men who worked with Jackie Kennedy in those days and, you know, was there when the assassination of JFK occurred, he is telling a story now in a book where he moved this bullet onto a stretcher that was supposed to be the magic bullet that struck JFK and hit... Governor Connolly, and he's saying, no, that was not it. But he Mm -hmm. kept this story to himself for 60 years. 
even though it may blow up the theory of a lone gunman. But then is he just remembering something 60 years later that has been altered through culture, perceptions, old age, whatever? Or did he actually have something he never talked about before? Yeah, you know, whenever we talk about those memories of, of, of decades old stuff and, and even more recent stuff, right, it's as we understand about memory now, it's it's not a recording, right? It's a reconstructive process. Every time I try to recall something from 10 or 20 years ago, right, I change it a little bit and things get adjusted and modified to kind of, yeah, memory's not a recording, right? There's definitely plenty of room for, for errors and, and memory. And, and, you know, it also has a little bit of an air of the kind of Philip Corso thing, right? Somebody before death comes out and makes a, an extra, you know, a huge claim. Yeah. Not saying that it couldn't be true or that it's not true. Right. But especially when we, we deal with, with, you know, really, really old information and then memories, memory such a fickle thing. Right. And that's why I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really set against people using hypnosis to, to, to retrieve memory. I think that oftentimes can be more harmful than any good it does. So, yeah, brings up a lot of questions about memory and, and information from stuff so, so far back in the past. I go through that sometimes when I contact my first wife, Geneva, who worked with me on Caveat M for a magazine over the years. And I'll mention something that we both experienced and her memories of it are totally different than mine. Yeah. yeah. I've got one of those. And this, this one really shook me. This is when I could start believing, you know, about the conflation of decades and maybe crash test dummies being mistaken for aliens. I, I asked my sister about the time we went, the one time we went to a family reunion on my mother's side when we were kids. And I started to ask her, you know, what, you know, some details on it. She said, well, wait a minute, you've got that wrong. We didn't go when we were kids. You had already been married and you brought your daughter. And so, you know, I was off by more than 10 years in the way I remembered it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just to, I'll give you a little quick anecdote just to kind of illustrate that from a clinical perspective. I often, uh, talking about, you know, attachment and trauma recovery and all that kind of stuff, I'll sometimes pose the question to people if they remember their first uh, day of school, their first time they were separated from their mother and, and what that emotionally was like for them. Anyway, uh, had just an instance of kind of false memory stuff come up. A guy uh, volunteered to me that he, he thought for many years that he recalled his first day of school. He, he would think back on it, remember how it went and blah, 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 blah. But then about a decade later, he went and visited his mom during Christmas and realized on her mantle above her fireplace was a photo of him on his first day of school. And only then did he re- remember that he wasn't actually remembering his first first day of school he was remembering the photograph that his mother had of his first day <laughs> and the information she had told him about what it was like so yeah all that kind of stuff is is uh you know happens every day right including i would think probably with with especially maybe with paranormal or anomalous stuff right? i remember very little of my life before i was a teenager except in a few cases i was 11 when i read that book from major kehoe at my brother's apartment I remember these recurring dreams where some big black thing would come after me and I'd wake up in a cold sweat. This was maybe when I was between 8 and 10 years old. I remember walking around the neighborhood and smelling something like the infamous burnt sulfur. And after a while it disappeared, right? And I remember being in the crib and mm. people were outside in the other room, and I was unhappy for some reason. Mm. I remember putting up this clay thing, like this serpent 
kind of image with a long tail and sticking it up there on the wall. And my parents finally got sick of it and told me to take it down. Or they took it down, whatever. A lot of other things I don't remember. Maybe I wasn't there. (laughs) Yeah, but that's interesting that a memory could be generated by a story and a photograph, though. So, so, Gene, about this uh, Secret Service agent, I, I've not read the book, but I did hear uh, read the, an article, the, the details of his story and about why he's not come forward with it. He said that he didn't, you know, he wasn't involved in the primary investigation and didn't really give testimony or anything. And he found it traumatic and just didn't read the books. And it was only recently that he realized that was important. So, you know, I would think that it was so important, though. It's hard to believe that he wasn't questioned. And secondly, does he have anything like an old diary where this was mentioned? You know, is there any confirmation of this detail? When, when somebody comes up with an extraordinary detail like that uh, about an important event so long after the fact, you know, we really need to see some evidence to back that up. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I think there's a lot of overlap there with the whole concept of how we approach UFO, right? That and and again, you know, from a clinical kind of therapist perspective, I never make judgment of what somebody's reporting or their experience is, but you know, that's up for them to decide. But whether or not we we kind of believe the objective accuracy of that or not, right, is a separate question. I, I don't have to believe that that gentleman is intentionally lying to also think that he might not be completely correct, right? And I think that goes for UFOs as well to a huge degree. Well, the bullet experience is different than than our the paranormal experiences which range from any you know whether it's a ufo contact to a, seeing a bigfoot or uh, someone seeing an image of the virgin mary but the thing they have in common is usually it's the witness with their story and do you see that these experiences as um from from your professional standpoint are are they different you know is is there one that's more likely to be strictly an emotional or psychological experience mm, yeah yeah, you know, that that one thing that that keys off in my head at least is it, and I don't know if this directly answers your question, but kind of the overlap between um between ideas and UFOs like we talk about missing time, right? And things like that and from a from a therapeutic approach right as as a psychologist, I recognize that as sounds to me a lot like what we talk about as dissociation where people, right, may and dissociation is typically thought about as kind of a disconnect, right? Where maybe I'm not present and it's often, you know, a trauma response. It's a kind of a protective response, right? You see a, a lion uh, catch a gazelle and then the gazelle plays dead and kind of floats out of its body and that way it doesn't have to doesn't have to experience being eaten by a lion right and there's uh, i think you know when we talk about things in the ufo field like uh the oz effect and things like that there seems to be a lot of a lot of overlap there with some of the some of the stuff we you know we hear reported in in terms of ufo um, the point being uh, to get you know to try to more directly answer your question i think it a lot of it ties up with just how memory is especially how memory is in in terms of traumatic or you know, really severe things that happen to us in life, the way that our brains process that kind of stuff is different um, and without getting into too much of a, you know, neurology of it and the neurobiological part of it. But, you know, parts of your brain that, that's, that, that help store memories actually shut down when you're under stress and danger and threat because that uh, there's more important things than worrying about, you know, having a good story about it later, right? You got to survive in the moment. So, you know, memories of th- stuff that that's really traumatic or really dangerous or really, really powerful even, right? Those memories can be stored differently and, and be harder to access. So, 
and talking about that kind of stuff, it, it's 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 hard to to nail down the objective accuracy of it. Many times, that's why, in my experience, I I don't make judgments about you know people. Sometimes ask, do you think this really happened? Well, that's not for me to say, right? But uh, caveat emptor is probably a good a good idea to keep in mind as we talk about memory of things you know from years ago. That's for sure. You kind of wonder then whether a lot of these memories of strange encounters are not false memories or manipulation of memories to recall something years later. We've got Tim Brigham, Gene Steinberg, Kirk Collins. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com gcnfood.com Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, formerly Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, Air National Guard and Reservist. I'm looking for veterans, active duty military personnel to join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. She needs your skills, courage, and loyalty more than ever. Contact GCNteam.com. Because of the financial and health care collapse, veterans are currently struggling finding jobs. Frustrated looking for a job? Change your tactics. Join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. Start a health care business with FDI Longevity 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com immediately. We're looking for military specialists who can use a computer and communicate information and execute a battle plan. Join the admirals, Navy SEALs, Marines, pilots, Army officers, military police, sheriffs, police officers, firemen, and first responders already enrolled in the 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com now. FDI Longevity will help you apply your military skills to the task of saving America through health and financial programs. Contact GCNteam.com. Enlist in GCNteam.com and save America. 
What if Extendivite really works, but you find that hard to believe and you spend precious time looking for someone to say, just try it. I have my health today because of Extendivite, and if I did not take a leap of faith and try it, well, I would be on disability today. Take one bottle of Extendivite as suggested for 60 days to find out for yourself. No need to stop any other meds you may be on. You know by now that they are not working for you. Before the 60 days are up, I know that you will feel Extendivite working for you and will want to take another bottle. Life is too short. Get your Extendivite today. Extendivite is available in capsule or liquid form for just $69.95 for a two-month supply. To get started, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Having raised the issue, Tim... What do you think of what I'm saying, that a lot of what might be going on in the UFO field involves some level of manipulation of memories, whether it's just part of the process of living or something or someone manipulating memories? What do you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think we all change our own memories, even unintentionally, right? So, you know, every time I think about something that happened when I was five, I probably change that story a little bit, right, as I try to pull it out and talk about it and discuss it. Yeah, so there's there's the inherent kind of pitfalls with memory in and of itself. Memory's not always reliable, right? Very often it's not reliable at all uh, or not very reliable, right? Plus, there are some people that, that have their own agendas, right? They, they want to push towards a, a certain perspective or a certain idea, a certain narrative. You know, when you see some of the folks that have worked with many of the the uh, well-known abduction, quote-unquote, researchers, uh, I think that's a, you know, if you if you look at who works with, you know, I remember Martin Kottmeyer years ago had written a paper about looking at folks that had uh, had worked, you know, people who had UFO experiences that worked with either Bud Hopkins versus other researchers, right? And then the, the tones of their stories would oftentimes kind of align with that particular researcher's own perspectives, right? <laughs> Might be some uh, some some thought given to who you who you work with, especially in, in that kind of area, as to where that might end up for you. Led by a bad police detective in your yeah. testimony. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and of course those guys may not even be doing that in, intentionally. They might not be doing it for nefarious purposes, but an unconscious drive to find something can oftentimes be just just as uh, strong. Right. Well, I think, of course, when it comes to things like David Jacobs. And Bud yeah. Hopkins and Jacobs especially oh, yeah. seemed to talk to a lot of abductees who were involved somehow in creating hybrids and had this elaborate theory that these hybrids were here to infiltrate our population and take over. Now, as a practical matter, things are so really nasty out there right now. I really wouldn't mind someone who knows a little bit more than we do taking over if they're benevolent dictators all right, all right. you know the themes kind of underlying that right there's a lot of uh, a lot a lot there right i mean there's the, the sexual component right when there's not that, that obvious kind of that experimentation and you know kind of the idea of being treated as a as a lab rat almost by something right and 
you know, but again, to me, very interesting that, that, that so many people he talked to kind of came out with the stories that were, you know, along those lines. Right. And whether, you know, that, that I think does speak to, uh, you know, being very selective about who you might want to work with. If you, if you have any of this stuff that you're trying to get assistance with, maybe not going with somebody that already has an agenda or is writing a book about a, you know, a topic with a certain perspective or whatever. So. Well, that's uh, that's part of the problem with with so much of the the new UFO stories that have come out. Whether it was like some of the bad videos from uh, Jeremy Corbell or uh, the people that David Grush is associated with, uh, Knapp and Corbell, is that the the stories seem to become from becoming not necessarily from, but through promoters. Yeah. 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 And, you know, also just the idea that, that just because somebody's in the military or somebody's in the government doesn't mean that they might not believe in a bunch of weird stuff. Right. Maybe even stuff that might not be founded by evidence. Uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm kind of very suspicious of some of the people that have aligned themselves with David Grush. I hope he's not in any way being, you know, kind of fed information that might not be legitimate. But, um, yeah, there's certainly a. I, it's, I have a problem with anybody who, well, I shouldn't say it that way. I think it's difficult to uh, to try to remain objective and do do UFOs as a full time kind of job. Anybody that makes it their full time living, full time career, their day job. I mean, it's it's how could you not uh, kind of find yourself sliding over that line as to what you you know will talk about as possibly being legitimate. Maybe that's not. I mean, there's only so much that you can, you know, so much, uh, so much good quote unquote UFO information out there. At some point you, you know, you see like the thing with the, the Mexican Congress with them willing out, uh, willing out alien mummies. Right. it's how far are you going to allow yourself to, to step into territory that might be pretty questionable? I so just wonder with the Mexican authorities though, why people like Jaime Musan are even believed anymore considering all the questionable things he's talked about over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I think maybe part of it's just that, you know, there's a lot of interest right now and most people probably haven't, haven't researched it to that degree. They might recognize Jaime Massoun's face, but they might not know that he's been associated with multiple hoaxes in the past. Uh, um, Yeah. It's it. I don't think he does us any favors. That's for sure. But yeah. Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty, pretty unfortunate that I know there's been uh, talk that in some of these instances, at least, that might be actual human remains that, that might or might be partial human remains, and you know, there's there's really some uh, some unfortunate some unfortunate uh, aspects to a lot of that that stuff. And I know Kurt, of course, has a uh, has some knowledge about that, having done the Roswell slides research group stuff. So you know, it's nothing new, but really, really unfortunate. I, I think at some point you might even have some officials to step in, right? You people selling uh, tickets to, to look at what could be mummified human remains and selling them off as aliens and, you know, or, or selling tickets to call in uh, uh, CE5 events, you know, and, and maybe there should be a little more oversight from from uh, somebody in charge about, you know, these kind of things. I don't know. I don't know. I can think of four people that have ever been convicted to jail or prison from uh UFO related hoaxes or crimes there's they're very few you know yeah. I mean, usually it's it's a, you know the the fakery itself isn't you know but if you get involved in like selling uh stocks or something like that it has to be actual financial fraud or property or harm to a person 
and uh, just uh, the fakery itself. Now, the human remains thing seems like that would be a big one, and I would love to see uh, Masson and his cohorts be punished for that. Well, one particular fraudster, of course, is Sean David Morton. <laughs> if you remember him, I know, Kurt, you do. He was in prison for stock fraud, he and his wife. And yet, I got an email from somebody promoting him as a guest <laughs> not too long ago, weeks ago. And I wrote back and said, are you aware of his background? You don't know about his prison record. You don't know about all his fanciful claims. You don't know about his attempts to sell fake stocks. Never heard back from them again. <laughs> you know, the, the, I don't think there's been really anybody in UFOs that I can think of that's ever really been kind of you know, completely roundly run out of the field. I think anybody that I've ever seen try to make a comeback after pretty much <laughs> the worst stuff you could imagine, right? I don't think I've seen anybody not be successful. You know, it's I think right. You'd think, oh, who's gonna who's gonna have this guest on, right? But it, it's uh, somebody. Somebody will. <laughs> what about yeah, Philip Imbrogno? Now mm -hmm. he did some credible work supposedly on UFOs. Then we learned that his educational and work credentials were all falsified. And then he was ousted. He was discredited. I haven't heard of him again. Have you, Kurt? I saw his name on something uh, not, not too long ago. So uh, apparently he's, he's made some, some degree of a comeback. And uh, John Ventry, who was, you know, he, he promoted all sorts of nonsense about the, the Aztec calendar, you know, 2012 and stuff like that. And, um, and the, the, the thing that really got him in trouble, though, was the um, the uh, racial insults. And he was run out of the MUFON organization for that. But he's still doing conferences associated with MUFON on a local level. So I don't know what it takes. I was thinking, you know, when, when Tim started talking about this, if you took an index card and listed the people that have been blackballed, uh, you know, you would have lots of white on that page. Yeah, 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 yeah. Over the years, I've still heard from people who think George Adamski was genuine. We had somebody on the show who put a book together with work from different researchers. And one of the chapters, and I really went after him over this, said that it would be too expensive for someone like Adamski to make those photos. And I thought, let's see, a hubcap, some light bulbs or golf balls, a surgical lamp, expensive. Uh -huh. They were exposed years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a there's several classic UFO cases, and I, I think maybe even the Trent photos has come kind of in the same same uh, light now, right? Where we people say, "Well, it'd be so hard to, to fake this; it'd be almost impossible. You'd need a million dollar studio." To and oftentimes that doesn't seem to really be the case, right? The, well, with well, George Adamski specifically. Our yeah. former co-host Chris O'Brien tells a story told to him by Ray Stanford. In those days, Ray and Rex Stanford were people who leaned into the contactee movement. And we'll give you part two in a moment with Tim, Gene, and Kurt. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you love reading about the mysteries of the universe? 
Do you wonder what secrets are hidden in the shadows of our own planet? If so, you won't want to miss these two amazing books by Tim R. Swartz and Sean Castile. In Mimics, The Others Among Us, you'll explore the world of the mimics of man, beings that can look like us but are not. They've been among us since the beginning of history, hiding in plain sight, influencing our culture in ways we can scarcely imagine. In Alien Artifacts, Incredible Evidence of Exotic Material from UFO Encounters, you'll discover the so-called hard evidence of UFOs that's been available for study this entire time, but for the most part, has been ignored. These two books will open your eyes to a hidden reality that has been right in front of our eyes all along. That's Mimics, The Others Among Us, and Alien Artifacts, Incredible Evidence of Exotic Material from UFO Encounters by Tim R. Swartz and Sean Castile. Available now on Amazon.com. I need more time to file my taxes. Help! On IRS.gov, you can use IRS Free File to get six more months. Or you can submit IRS Form 4868 by the April deadline. If you owe taxes, you can make an electronic payment and get a filing extension with no need to submit Form 4868. Go to IRS.gov for details. But remember, an extension of time to file is not an extension of time to pay what you owe. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So what happened here is supposedly they found this little place where Adamski did his fake photos. And they confronted Adamski with what he did. This is back in the 1950s. And Adamski actually proudly showed off his work. He was proud of those photos at the time. Now, obviously, we have Ray Stanford to depend on for accurately reporting this. We know about memories. But something like that, one wouldn't think they'd get wrong. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So looking at UFO photos, the, the sort of the first two things I ask, you know, wonder if it's fake is, first of all, does it look like a saucer? And then secondly, is it center of the frame? Because every time I've tried to photograph anything moving, it's not centered in the picture. You're lucky to get a corner of it. So uh, I think you know, I'm very suspicious, particularly of saucer-shaped UFOs. I'm not sure that those are, you know, even Kenneth Arnold, his his were somewhat disc shaped, but they weren't, they didn't look like hubcaps. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And of course, interesting in and of itself that once that term flying saucer got popularized, well, then the disc shape became more and more prevalent. And I guess now, you know, there's more, uh, what do they say? There's more orb, more, more circular, more, it seems like maybe the flying disc is not as commonly reported. There's more triangles, more tic tacs, right? And, and all these kind of various things. And 
And speaking, but you, you mentioned, you guys mentioned um, <laughs> nobody getting run out of the field for being dishonest. But what do you think is anything anything going to happen with certain organizations which accepted a lot of money for uh, allegedly planning to build a flying saucer and <laughs> thinking of PTSA here? Right? You think they'll be? I mean, you can't go out and sell stock promising you're going to build a flying saucer and then just leave with the money. I, mean, I, I would think you can't. Maybe you can, but. In their case, that was only part of their grand plan. It was supposed to be a, a line of uh, you know, educational material and and films. It was supposed to be an entire franchise that you know and uh, you invested. I'm not sure what exactly how much ownership you had in that. But, you know, at least you know part of it in a sense. Now the company essentially is is selling T-shirts and it's about it. I notice here, of course, it was started by this rock musician from Blink-182. And he apparently went back to his band. So I don't know. The one claim that I heard, and you know, I would have to look at the financial to see if there's any support to this. He made a, a, a movie, Monsters of California, something like that. And the, the, the allegation was that the investor money went into that. And it was... Uh, I don't know if there are any UFOs at all in that in that movie, but that seems like a, a, a case of uh, misdirection if that's where the money went. Well, that would certainly violate SEC regulations, but it's not as if they have enough personnel to go after anything but the major offenders. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Well, again, it's it's white collar crime and. You know, there are very few of those folks who have ever ended up behind bars. You know, I wonder if any of the the leaks will be investigated even, right? I mean, I know there's been some talk about that, but who's releasing some of these things from uh, from inside the Pentagon, you know, the gimbal? And and we all have our suspicions probably, but, you know, was there – and I think I'd heard rumors that that had been kind of checked into by – by officials, but you know a lot of this, a lot of this kind of stuff, and you know, bringing out UFO photos. Hey, I love seeing UFO photos, right? But you know, a person thinking that that they're righteous in doing so because of their their you know wanting to promote UFO information. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see if anybody gets in any kind of trouble for any of this stuff. But that would so, bring attention to them, don't you think? Yeah. So if somebody says something like a David Grush, say he really has information there. He's not just trying to cover up his personal experience he's not imagining it he's not misinterpreting it he's right 100 right they wouldn't go after him because if they do it draws attention right right yeah yeah of course then we could say the same thing though if uh, if if grush's story is about people being killed to promote the cover-up right we would kind of maybe maybe bring in that same and again, he's kind of always very vague in terms of has it been the UFOs killing people or people being killed by other people to uh, cover up the, the UFO story. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, you'd think um, the mysterious, uh, you know, the murders to, to keep the cover up going, that would be a there'd be a similar problem there. Right. If you killed somebody, the, you'd, you'd just kind of turn them into a martyr. Uh, yeah, there's a lot there to think about. The classic man in black theory. Mm-hmm. So. Mr. Psychologist, I want to ask you about um, these the videos you were just talking about. So the people always want to see detailed photos of UFOs. These videos are not yet. They're indistinct. They're, you know, the, the shapes are, you know, it's a little blurry. And what are we looking at? Is this a Rorschach blot? Yeah, I, that's, that's my my personal 
take at least, right? That, you know, I, I go all the way back to, I'm kind of a Jungian guy. I'm a fan of Carl Jung that, uh, that UFOs are, are you know, kind of, they are kind of an ink blot, right? A war shot blot that we all kind of perceive based on our own experience and our own desires and our own, you know, needs and, and things like that. I, I don't think that in in, uh, in my lifetime we'll ever have any kind of definitive proof of, of a non-human intelligence or an extraterrestrial. I think, uh, you know, like I say, I think UFOs live in the margins. I think as we try to turn our attention to them when we want a, a better picture or, a, you know, a, a real live alien or a real dead alien or, you know, those kind of things. I, yeah, I, I don't uh, – I don't personally think we'll ever get anything solidly confirming a lot of the the uh, UFO ideas. I think it'll be an ongoing, you know, an ongoing thing where people it says maybe more about us than it does about anything extraterrestrial. At least that's my my take. I think uh, there was a line Gray Barker used. Uh, I wish I had the exact quote, but it was along the lines of, uh, "If you want to know the origin of UFO, look inside yourself." That's where you're. Yeah. UFO. I think early on, Gray Barker decided not to take it seriously. Yeah. And therefore, he went on to his various types of information. But in they knew too much about flying saucers. That was very much paranoia strikes deep and a borderline. But then there's something else that bothers me about all this, especially when we talk about Jungian issues. I know that Kevin Randall has done some research into this, where UFOs appear to cause so-called electromagnetic effects. They come near a car, the car is disabled. He talked of cases where cameras would not work. You couldn't use them when a UFO was near. This is kind of like the stories you hear where abductees set up cameras. So when ET comes, a call-in, they take a picture, but they always fail. They don't work. On the other hand, this is two topics we can get into in the next segment. On the other hand, you have all these photos of what people see as distinct objects, and then all you get is a blur. And what occurs to me, speaking of blurs, maybe we fill in the details, and what's there is nothing more than a blur. That if you actually looked at it without our filtering process, the core image is a blur, but when our minds process it, we make it into a flying saucer or a triangle or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the old joke. Maybe UFO photos are blurry because UFOs themselves are blurry. Maybe they fly around like blurry blobs in the sky. Yeah. Sounds like the song I remember from the movie The Blob. Beware of the blob. It creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor right through the door and all around the wall, a splotch, a blotch. Be careful of the blob. There was actually a song from a group called The Five Blobs, which came out around the time that the movie The Blob, with Steve McQueen was in it, I think, came out back in the 1950s. And that success was a blob. But I thought it was kind of fun, though. You have this thing this liquefied substance that just takes over and kills people it's the ultimate paranoia we're not striking deep with paranoia here with dr tim brigham we've got kurt collins we've got gene steinberg who holds no doctorates not even from the fake schools (laughs) not the 29 dollar minister degrees 
But Jim Mosley had one. You're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit ShopSuperTea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is ShopSuperTea.com, or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. Honorary Forest Ranger Betty White here, lending a hand to my dear friend Smokey Bear. Because for 75 years, he's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But there's a lot more to say. Like, if you park your car on tall, dry grass, the hot exhaust pipe can start a wildfire. So be careful out there. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Have you heard the warning from the dead doctors don't lie guy? I'm talking about Dr. Joel Wallach. He says if you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol or high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, or other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. That's what he says. He has a free lecture revealing what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in his free lecture called Deadly Recipe. You want it free? Call him toll-free at 855-79-YOUNG. You ready? 855-79-YOUNG. Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. 855-79-YOUNG. 
What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented Made in America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. walloffire.com We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Did you know that, Tim, that Jim Mosley had his doctorate in whatever? So Life Church or something, or what was <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. Something like that. Yeah. Now, you, you know, you mentioned right before the, the break there about uh, electromagnetic effects. And uh, I recall, actually, as you as you mentioned, you know, even people who have had their their own experiences sometimes report ongoing issues with electric devices and, and such. And anyway, long story short, one of the first uh, back in Gulf Breeze in the 90s, one of the first kind of little moments I had, I was uh, I had met Whitley Strieber. Uh, Jim and I had talked with Whitley out at the conference and we were in the elevator. I don't think Jim was with us in the elevator. I think it was just Whitley and I and a couple other people. And uh, anyway, the elevator stopped working. We were in between floors and the elevator just went on the fritz and paused and stalled. And somebody in the elevator made the comment, Whitley, did you do that? Right. And he, his response, I don't know. Right. But he <laughs> always reported these ongoing issues with electrical malfunctions. Yeah. So I just remember that moment many years ago. Which, you know, there, there's there's a lot of electromagnetic stuff that seems to be associated with UFOs, right? And even some some ideas that people put out there that maybe there's a, you know, what was it? John Keel even had his ideas about the electromagnetic spectrum and possibly, you know, things from other parts of the electromagnetic spectrum coming into our, our, our part of the spectrum. And, yeah. What if that was the answer? You know, there's so many people that are invested. I mean, the, the whole organization MUFON is basically devoted towards the extraterrestrial hypothesis. But what if it was something else like the electrical or, you know, the atmospheric? I, would these people accept that, do you think? Mm. That's a good question. I don't, you know, uh, that's a good question. I there's a large uh, need, I think, or desire, or whatever you want to call it, in many people to. There's a need for something else that that's not human, that mysterious, that would be non-human intelligence. That, you know, to me, and this is might sound kind of kind of like a trope, but you know, and just like people always saw angels come from the sky, and, we, and then we turn that into saucers and, and aliens from the sky and yeah I, I, you know to get to the point i guess kurt I, if if it was proven that it was something that was not extraterrestrial or yeah there, there might be certain explanations that people wouldn't be satisfied by right yeah well the I thing that bothers me about mufon is the way they take the information and just very recently we had mindy talkfest who's one of the mufon officials who came on the show to talk about her book on near-death experiences and I asked her, and she never really answered it very well. Don't know if you heard the episode, Kurt. And it's what, something I've asked Mufon. Why don't you have questions in your questionnaires looking into hitchhiker effects, after effects, background of seeing psychic phenomena, all that yeah. stuff? They're looking at the UFO as an external event. You see something up there, you write it down. 
or something near you and you write it down. And her answer, which is just what the people from MUFON and other officials, like even directors, would say is, well, if the person who saw the object volunteers it, we'll record it. Mm-hmm. Fine. But maybe the person isn't aware this is something connected to the UFO. They don't right. see it as connected, even though it might be. So I yeah. think it's like MUFON's throwing away half the evidence. Yeah. 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 The question here, though, is so limiting. For one thing, there's this list of shapes and behaviors, and it's it's like to me it's a little too suggestive. Mm-hmm. I mean, just as an interviewer can be about what it asks, but yeah, I, I just don't think a lot of people's experiences can be readily turned into a form or a standard interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of intricacies there. There's a lot of different stuff involved, and yeah, and and you know, a crucial point there, I think, maybe is that. What what what's even involved in UFOs to one person might not be relevant, you know, or or they'd like it not to be relevant in any way, at least, right? The, you know, these ideas about um, kind of I don't know what you want to call it, more general paranormal effects that people sometimes report that go along with their UFO story, right? And yeah, certain people are only interested in the very prescribed what did what did the the object do, right? And what was the end of it and the beginning of it, and you know, not much more than that, but. I think uh, personally, I think there's more to be had by digging into the person, right? And what the impact was for the person. It's like asking somebody, what kind of UFO did you see? What about saying, what did you see? Yeah. You saw something. Tell us what it is. No check boxes, please, on the forms, because that way it focuses your thought into a specific area that might not represent what you saw. It's the same thing I would think in terms of doing hypnotic regression and why there's a problem with people who do it in connection with UFO abductions. The more they focus on an event, the more they manipulate the memory to signify that event rather than being more general. Did you see something? Okay, what did you see? Not, did you see a flying saucer? Not, what was this? What was that? Try to get the individual to volunteer something without leading them on. In fact, I remember this is something that Kurt, you might recall. We had Dr. David Jacobs on the show the last time he was on the Paracast. And after this, I don't think he'd want to be back. We were on there when Chris O'Brien was co-host. And I asked him, what about leading questions? Do you take care not to do that during your hypnotic sessions? And he said, there are no leading questions. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, and you know, that that as we, I think we know a little more now about how, for example, Bud Hopkins and, and Jacobs maybe as well did their, you guys may have heard from, from people that have kind of talked about this now, they would oftentimes send out a questionnaire ahead of meeting the person with these questions about, did you see a gray alien? Did you see this? Did you see that? Was there any involvement of, you know, fertilization? And, the, you know, so before the person even arrives, you've already primed them to, ex- to, to know what you expect to hear, right? You know, you've already kind of set up what the narrative might be just by asking the, these detailed questions about, you know, the eye scan and all the kind of stuff that David Jacobs would, would talk about, right? We can also be very we can we can be we can be suggestive and leading without recognizing that we're doing so. So that could you know certainly be the case with some folks that that have a specific narrative that they they promote. So in general, does hypnotic regression have any value at all? Hypnotic regression 
can kind of anecdotally be useful in, in certain circumstances, right? But by and large, and, and similar to if we were to use, you know, kind of guided imagination or guided imagery, right? You know, you're my kind of one of my mentors in, in clinical work talks about it as, you know, when we people have memories that are kind of hazy and they're not sure, it's almost like, you know, being in a big murky lake, right? There's some stuff that's kind of floating up on the surface that you can see, you can deal with. But as you start trying to dig down deeper and deeper, right, you try to pull stuff up from the bottom of the lake. Well, you're also pulling up soot and mud and, you know, things are floating around and you never really know what you're grabbing down there, right? Whether it's really a real thing or something you heard about or, and there's really no way to tell, right? The negative impact of that can be probably outweigh the benefit for most people. So, you know, I think these days it's pretty, it's been pretty well accepted that that hypnotic uh, regression is is not an accurate way to retrieve memory. Right? There can be therapeutic benefits, and you might hear a case where a cop, you know, the classic thing, you know, somebody gets hypnotized and recalls a license plate number, right? But those are all very, very kind of rare and, and you know, the exception more than the rule. I think we've got some more rare stuff to present here. Tim, Gene, Kurt, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. USA News Update. This Sunday morning, United Auto Workers still on strike, but negotiations are ongoing. I think we deserve more pay. I've been here 24 years and ain't had a raise in eight years. General Motors CEO Mary Barra tells CBS that UAW's demands are not sustainable. We have to make sure the company's going to succeed for the next 115 years. I'm Jeremy Scott. The Attorney General in Texas back on the job after being cleared of all charges. USA's John Schaefer with details. Ken Paxton has been cleared of all charges and will retain his office. State senators deliberated on 16 articles of impeachment, ultimately acquitting him. There is a health update about a former U.S. president, Jason Carter, the grandson of Jimmy Carter and wife Rosalind, says the two are at home on hospice nearing the end of their lives. Jason Carter telling USA Today they're coming to the end as we know. This is USA News. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. 
I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers. There's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, someone practicing what you do, people who have suffered some kind of stress, Tim Brigham, what can you hope to do, or can you hope to do anything, if somebody has experienced trauma but can't recall it, but it's impacting their behavior, their life. Yeah, that's actually a, a really great question. I'm saying that's a huge thing that comes up, uh, especially when we're talking about early life stuff sometimes. Often, you know, it might be early life abuse or trauma or, you know, even later military service war stuff. Point being that memory for trauma is oftentimes really shoddy, really bad, and and trying to uh, to pull it back out, right, is – is, is not always useful, right? And then I've worked with people who've, who've, who've spent a lot of time, you know, asking questions, did this really happen or what happened and when did it happen and what were the details and, and how do I heal if I don't remember? But in actuality, you know, and, and therapeutically, it's not really, not really required to remember all the details to, to heal from something, right? So we kind of deal with it as what the, uh, the currently experienced symptoms are, right? What is it causing in your life now? What are the issues now that you, you deal with, right? As opposed to, so, yeah, trying to uh, to pull old memories up is is oftentimes uh, you know for people that have done it not necessarily really even useful. So you don't have to remember to heal, which is an interesting uh, thing that might be you know kind of counterintuitive at first. But you don't have to remember all the details of a trauma to be able to heal from it. Could you explain that in more detail? Yeah, yeah, you know, early life trauma, especially you know that 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 stuff is often happens before we, we even have the, the brain structures that we that we need to be able to sufficiently recall those things accurately, right? And memory is so tricky anyway that 
you know, long story short is that the benefit from, from trying to remember details isn't always that great, at least in my experience, right? People going with what they already remember is, is usually what I suggest and not trying to, to fish something out that they think maybe they forgot or repressed or, you know, there's those kinds of ideas. Usually, uh, in my experience, the benefit from that's not been not been huge. There's a lot of mythology about hypnosis. So everything from the Manchurian candidate to, you know, just anything. So so what is what is the, the realistic benefit that a person could get from um, hypnosis, you know, therapeutic or, you know, I always heard about people quitting smoking from hypnosis. What, what can re- you really do with it? Yeah, that's that's you know those kinds of things are often what what there's there's still a lot of useful relaxation right trying to help help people kind of learn how to be embodied and, and be relaxed and you know live in, in moment and and uh, yeah even some kind of like you mentioned quitting smoking things like that what it comes down to oftentimes is certain people are are, are, are able to be hypnotized and certain ones aren't you know it's a kind of a personal characteristic and there's a wide range. Of, uh, of you know susceptibility to hypnosis you know to begin with so there are certain people that hypnosis just doesn't work for there are some that find it extremely beneficial I've had uh, clients that that have had stopped drinking alcohol because a hypnosis session had been successful for them right and during this session they uh, you know they may envision a drink or even have a drink and you know they then they might pair that hypnotically with a terrible smell right sulfur or something right as you sip the drink you imagine and you know during this hypnotic session you might you know have the uh, you know, the smell of sulfur paired with the drink and then you you know in your daily life every time you see a drink then suddenly you get a smell of something that's <laughs> that's sulfur right and you know things like that but yeah yeah i did that to somebody once I was playing with hypnosis when I was 19 or 20. Mm. And we hypnotized somebody in my home who had a smoking problem. And Mm. the post-hypnotic suggestion was, of course, if you try to smoke a cigarette, it'd be very bitter. Mm. And I made a big deal of it. And true enough, when he became awake, he tried to smoke and couldn't. (laughs) But obviously, suggestions like that don't last long. And every day... Over and over again, his friends would say, do you want to smoke? Do you want to smoke? Finally, he was smoking cigarettes again. Now, maybe if they left him well enough alone, he might have gotten out of the habit. But because they forced him into it, it undid what I did. That's my experience anyway. I don't know how much it means. I just read these little dime store how to hypnotize books. That's my extensive knowledge on the subject. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, there are for for some people I've I've heard where those kind of things do do uh continue to work for at least a little while. But like you say, oftentimes those those effects seem to kind of peter off. But my mother was a big believer in hypnosis. She was a nurse, and she tells me she had two children under hypnosis without you know, any other pain medication. So yeah. yeah. It seems unbelievable. I, I just can't imagine that it, they would it work on pain, but uh, maybe it is magic. Mind over matter, right? Mind over yeah. matter. So, if if our listeners, one of us, so if we had a had a UFO experience or you know any kind of paranormal experiences, uh, and so what's what's the What's the process to uh, to document, report it, 
You know, what would what would you you know, if, if so many people have had it happen to them and then it's only later they tell about it and then they regret it. So how do you do it right where you've got a record of it and, you know, there's some documentation and, you know, you don't you don't want to go to. Who, well, who do you want to avoid? Who do you want to talk to first? Yeah, a couple of things on that. My big advice will be write down things as they come up, as you remember them. Do some journaling, right? You know, even if it's just waking up and recalling something or as things come into your mind, writing that stuff down as it happens or as you recall it. Um, you know, that's a, that's a great way to to make sure that, that that stuff doesn't kind of float back down or sink back down out of memory, right? We all wake up sometimes, we recall tidbits of, of things that we, we forget later, right? And so, so writing stuff down is just a huge one, documenting it in that way. My biggest thing, like I say, it's I think it's fine to, to make a report to a, a UFO research organization, you know, if you have a sighting or an experience. But just keeping in mind there there is and there should be a clear distinction between a UFO investigator and a therapist, right? Uh, one person's role is to to figure out what's going on about UFOs, and the other person's role is to to help the person having the experience kind of figure that out for themselves. At least that's my my kind of uh, brief take on it, right? And uh, so, in a more extreme experience, which you, we hear a lot less about these days, but if it was like an abduction type experience, so in that case, they probably if they feel terror and it's disrupting their lives, they probably should get help. So how should they go, go about doing that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I think uh, finding a, a, a therapist or somebody that you're, that you're, that, that works well with you, that you have a good personal rapport with, but that also doesn't really have a large investment in UFOs either way, I think is probably the best way to go, right? That doesn't have any pre preconceived ideas or doesn't want a, a person's case to, to, using a book, right, to promote their narrative. Um, there are plenty of people that, that, that do mental health work that are open, you know, to discussing ideas about all kinds of experiences, right? I mean, and doing work and in, in kind of really, well, doing severe trauma recovery work, right? I deal with people that have some experiences that are really at the extremes of human, you know, experience, living through torture, living through, you know, reports of ritual abuse and all kinds of, you know, there's a lot of, strange things that people people go through in life people report and you know just finding somebody that that can help you get through that process and and is not uh, wh whose interest is not in getting the story out so that they can publish it in their book or you know use it to promote their their narrative about what ufos are and going with somebody who is a professional in that area right not somebody that you maybe get uh you know that's associated with a ufo group for example now, I don't want to seem disrespectful and all, but I will say this. As soon as you decide to go to somebody who is involved with UFO investigation and want to be examined, you're basically saying there was a UFO abduction. Right. Yeah. Not, not something else. We've got more to come with Dr. Tim and Gene and Kurt. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. 
After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Radio. Why should I advertise on radio? There's nothing to look at. No pictures. Listen, you can do things on radio you couldn't possibly do on TV. That'll be the day. All right, watch this. <clears throat> okay, people, and now when I give you the cue, I want the 700-foot mountain of whipped cream to roll into Lake Michigan, which has been drained and filled with hot chocolate. Then the Royal Canadian Air Force will fly overhead towing a 10-ton maraschino cherry, which will be dropped into the whipped cream for the cheering of 25,000 extras. All right, cue the mountain. Now, you want to try that on television? Well... You see, radio is a very special medium because it stretches the imagination. Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. It's obvious the unthinkable is going to happen soon. With all the distractions in the media, we probably won't see it coming. Your gut tells you there's something very wrong going on, and all the evidence suggests that there is. Those in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. American families are preparing. Folks are getting into self-reliance and investing in emergency food storage. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, is the place you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save 25%, plus get free shipping on all their three-month emergency food kits. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Order by 3 p.m., and your items ship the same day. It's time to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com
This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Our guest, Dr. Tim Brigham, Kirk Collins. I'm Gene Steinberg. And by the way, Tim will be back for the After the Paracast podcast. So we still got more of him. Kurt, you were about to ask a question. Well, one last thing on, on the hypnosis. Some UFO groups have members that will offer to hypnotize you. Uh, I'm going to assume you don't recommend that. I would be very leery of that. Yeah, yeah, I would. And, you know, just kind of continuing on that, that thought, Kurt, that we were just talking about. What, you know, if you're a person that has a possibly questionable, unusual experience, and let's say you do go to today, maybe, I don't know, Bud, you know, Bud's not around anymore, but you went to David Jacobs. What happens if during the, the course of that discussion, you know, it turns out you didn't have a UFO. Maybe it was something else, right? What if it was a... You know, what happens to that person once they've gotten into the office of, of a UFO investigator to, you know, to dig out their UFO story? And it turns out maybe it wasn't that at all. What happens then? I, I'm sure there are a lot of great people that, that you know, desire to do good things by to, to help others and using things like hypnosis to, to, to work with folks. But, yeah, it's just a very, very touchy thing, right? Very something I'd suggest people be very, very careful with. Yeah, you just don't want to play with your mental health. Yeah, you, you know, there's really no way to tell whether it's a memory or a fabrication, right? We don't have a way to, to reliably know. And uh, when you recall something under hypnosis, the tendency for most people is that they, they believe that. It feels believable, even if it wasn't necessarily objectively accurate. So, We don't have real people doing what they do in the TV show Poker Face, which is on the Peacock Network. It's about a woman who could look at somebody and know whether they're lying or not. I mean, there was a TV show some years back that had the same theory called Lie to Me. Mm, yeah, okay. Except the person who's in Poker Face, her name is Natasha Leone, And she, first of all, is a brilliant actress nominated for Emmys. But she plays the character with her New York accent kind of like a female Columbo. You know, like scratching the head and everything. So mm. I recommend it. But then the point being, it's something that doesn't exist, which is the ability to look at somebody and know if they're lying or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not seen the show. Is this is this almost a psychic thing, or is this a learned skill? It's never really explained. There are ten episodes. We're in episode six. And mm-hmm. it's never explained how she has this ability, mm-hmm. but that she does have the ability. It's more about what she does with it and the crazy situations in which they put her. And there are a lot of kind of famous guest stars. Uh, I did watch a show, Lot of Me, that, that you mentioned, and that, yes. that was based on the real the science of reading body language and micro-expressions and things like that, similar to what we were talking about earlier in the, the video analysis. Um, and so, well, Tim, what, what kind of study have you put into that? You know, can you, if in, for the experience and the expressions is what I meant to say, and behavior of a person, how much does that give away about the truthfulness of what they're saying? Yeah, you know, there can be a lot there, right? And first of all, when from from my role, I, I, I'd like to try to assume that people are always being as honest as they can, at least unless I have reason to think otherwise, right? So there, there's some differences there if you're doing a investigation work for the police, right? They, they may use it differently than, than, than I might, right, as a, as a clinician. But yeah, there's a huge amount of stuff there, right, the, of this idea of, like you mentioned, micro expressions. Uh, there's the old idea about eye accessing and being able to, to watch a person's eyes as they go to the left versus the right with 
you know, one side being associated with recalling something that actually happened and the other side being reflective of an internal process of creating something that didn't happen, right? So a lot of stuff like that, right? Um, again, you know, in my own case, I think as a, as a clinician, it's always best to, to try to try to believe the idea that your clients are being as honest as they can, right? So maybe that's a little bit of a difference from, from uh, being a UFO investigator, right? which I think there's a, and there should be a clear distinction there, right? Um, I don't think it's a good idea that mental health and, and UFO investigation should should occur from the same the same person, right, or the same party. And, and, and oftentimes, I think there are UFO organizations that might have ref- referrals to kind of objective, you know, clinicians and therapists and stuff they can refer you to. But yeah, anybody that has a you know, a, a dog in the hunt, so to speak, or that, that does it full time or is writing a book or wants to tell, you know, uh, those are those are the things I'd certainly be leery of. Again, they're getting what they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And what about the machines that are supposed to be, you know, so, uh, you know, there's been so much controversy over the polygraph machine. And then strangely, the uh, the government and, and a lot of employers rely on it in, in screening employees. And there's what voice stress analysis, and I'm not right. sure what else there is. What do you think about those as far as uh, the reliability? Yeah, you know those are those are tools that can certainly be useful in those those arenas. My understanding about polygraph is that it's it's often a kind of just a a, a tool for a form of theater, right? Where the importance of of the thing is the conversation you have with the uh, suspect about you know, hey, you're going to be caught by this polygraph. It might be time to give it up now, right? Or you know, if I convince you that the polygraph is going to really detect it, well, when you start taking that polygraph, you might start showing really severe signs of. Of dishonor, you know, you're, now you're really sweating, right? So, you know, if I gave a polygraph to somebody I hadn't spoken to before and, and I just did the poly, and I, you know, I'm not an experienced person with polygraph, I'm just kind of talking from a psychological perspective, right? But, but that it, it's the entirety of the thing, right? It's the entirety of using that polygraph as a, as kind of a prop, right? To, to let somebody know that we're going to know if you're telling a lie. And there's a lot of, there is some truth to that, right? Your, your changes in your respiration, changes in, you know, one of the things in behavior analysis we, we talk about is kind of what are visible signs that somebody's somebody's reptilian brain is coming online, right? Their reptile brain is their fear brain, right? Their, you know, emotional brain, not much, not as much the rational stuff. But when people start blinking really fast, right, changes in breathing, you can, if you get really good at behavior analysis, you can see somebody's neck, you know, the, the, the their neck throbbing as their, their you know, their, their heart rate changes. You got to have a pretty good eye for that. But, you know, stuff like that, I think, can, can be really useful, right? So there's a lot to be to be offered by, and people criticize, right? Reading body language. Some people say it's junk science. It's kind of a combination of art and science and reality, I think, right? But I just want to mention very briefly, there are applications available, like in the Apple iPhone App Store, that purport to do voice stress analysis. Okay, I wouldn't recommend you necessarily try one, although I guess it might be fun as long as it's free or low cost. Who knows? We've got a lot more to talk about with Dr. Tim Brigham, and I'd like to bring it up on our After the Paracast podcast. But for now, for those who want to know more about the work that you do, is there a place they can contact you? Well, you know, I'm not really uh, not really promoting a book or trying to trying to, you know, trying to sell anything but i'm always happy if people have questions about uh where they can you know get referrals for 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 whether it be trauma recovery or just general mental health stuff or how to 
how to approach uh, finding somebody to work with. Uh, you know, people can find me on Twitter, uh, I guess, as a place to, to locate me easily. I'm always happy to field questions or refer people out, you know, to uh, where they might be able to find some assistance. So just uh, look for me on Twitter, just under my name. What about this lecture, UFOs as Agents of Psychic Transformation? Can anyone see a video of it? I believe it's on YouTube now. I think uh, Alejandro Rojas put it on YouTube. I think uh, you should be able to do a quick YouTube search and find it. Not not 100% on that, but if I can, uh, I'll have to see if I can dig up a link. Maybe I'll post it on Twitter here in the near future so anybody interested can, can find it. I'll ask Alejandro about it. Perhaps, yeah. too. You can find us on X, formerly Twitter, Threads, formerly whatever, Facebook, if you look for the Paracast, okay? So look for the Paracast. You can also check out our branded merchandise at theparacast.store with four different logos to choose from. We also offer the Paracast Plus at theparacast.plus. And this is a streaming service where you get this show without the network ads. And the After the Paracast podcast, a special bonus show, where, as a matter of fact, Dr. Tim Brigham will be back with me and Kurt to talk more about the things that we do. We give you a 20% discount for five-year or lifetime subscriptions if you use the coupon code UFO20, UFO20, theparacast.plus, theparacast.plus. Kurt Collins, where can we find you? Look for my work at Blue Blurry Lines and The Saucers That Time Forgot. Dr. Tim Brigham, a fellow traveler. We both worked with Jim Mosley over the years. Thank you for joining us on The Paracast. Thanks, guys. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs>